0: Hi, my name is Derek Johnston, and based on the work we're doing at Samsung, I'm 100% certain that
1: 5G will change the world. This is Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer that important question. This week, we're joined by Derek Johnston, head of marketing for Samsung Networks, and uh, before we get into our discussion around 5G, we've got this recurring segment where we try to get to know our guests a little bit better by posing three questions from the Krause questionnaire. So, Derek, are you ready for those? Absolutely, Sean. All right. Number one, when and where were you happiest?
0: When and where was I ha- happiest? That's a good question. Uh, I would say... You know, most recently in 2016, I can recall being really, you know, content and happy. Um, My daughters were about three and five, respectively, so great ages. Um, You know, our oldest was graduating from preschool and starting first grade. Um, I can recall some really great uh, trips to the family. Um, I reconnected with some of my uh, kind of friends from my formative years. Yeah, I think you know my wife and I had you know fulfilling jobs. Life was was really good.
1: Question number two, Derek. What is your current state of mind? Current state of mind. Yeah, it's interesting times, right? Uh, I'd
0: say I'm hopeful. You know, um, uh, as we were just talking about, you know, things are starting to open up and we're starting uh, to adapt to a new set of circumstances. So it's great to see that people are kind of honoring and respecting their neighbors and and the differences that they might have on on what these new set of operating procedures are. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm hopeful. I'd say I'm also feeling excited. You know, the weather's been improving. So, I mean, it's just more outdoor time with the family. So that, that's also great.
1: Then the last question from the uh, Prowse list, who is your favorite hero of fiction?
0: <laughs> uh, this is hilarious. This is a timely question. I literally was just picking out um, a new book to read to um, my now nine and, and seven-year-old daughters uh, and was kind of looking for a classic, right? So I was going through some of my um, my old books, literally like kind of blowing off the dust on them. And um, it, it's probably not my favorite hero of fiction, but it's just one that was top of mind for me because I came across it was Guy Montag from Fahrenheit 451, which I know is obviously a little dystopian and dark. Um, but I remember, you know, reading that and whatever, high school or something like that, and just really enjoying the book, uh, and seeing how a guy who was, you know, like many protagonists is deeply flawed, but you're kind of taken through his, uh, his journey of awakening, awakening, if you will. Um, but I would say rest assured I did not choose to introduce my daughters to book burning at those ages so uh we went with we went with a CS Lewis uh, book and started with uh, the magician's nephew from the Chronicles of Narnia
1: okay um yeah that I had a follow up question uh, are you are you really reading Fahrenheit 451 to your to your young children <laughs> thank you for <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough I can I can see both of those books from where I'm sitting the uh I think the Magician's Nephew doesn't get much credit as as one of the seven Narnia books, but it really is an interesting one.
0: Right? I you know, it's funny you say that because I actually thought that that The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was the first book. Um, because I don't think I had ever read The Magician's Nephew, so uh so it's new to me because I had started with The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, so we'll see.
1: All <laughs> right. What's the show called? Will 5G Change the World? Let's let's talk about that. It's been yes. a while since you and I caught up uh, just generally about everything that Samsung Networks is doing, so maybe as we get started, you could just give us a high-level update on the network side of the business. I know you all uh, have expanded your work down in New Zealand with Spark. You've passed that Mm -hmm. 4 gigabit per second mark in testing with Verizon. You've got a big project going on with uh, U.S. Cellular. Maybe just uh, get us caught up with everything going on there.
0: Sure. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's been you know it's been an exciting journey and you know we've <laughs> we've 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 been at it together for a while. Uh. And it, you know between my work here at Samsung and previous roles, so um, it's definitely been an interesting journey. But uh, yeah. We you know Samsung, um, as you know, we're kind of we've we've got a, a unique position as it relates to five G. Um, uh, just you know in terms of our early investments in millimeter wave and research that we were doing there, um, as well as kind of our domain expertise. And so we've yeah I think we've 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 made a lot of momentum, as you'd mentioned, in terms of our um, growing and expanding um, our customer relationships, particularly here in the u s. So um, you know we were uh, back when I joined about uh, almost five years ago, we we were just doing small sales with um, Verizon, and we had um, you know we were three g four g RAM provider for for sprint. Um, and now have, have expanded, you know, with Verizon to become a 4G LTE and 5G brand provider um, for them. And they are expanding our, our um, you know, we're helping Verizon build out their, their 5G NR network, as well as, um, you know, we were introducing their 5G home service. Um, a couple of years ago, AT&T chose us for their 5G as a 5G technology vendor. Uh, and as well as their, their sole kind of CBRS network provider for fixed wireless access. And so that's, that build out has been happening. Um, and, uh, yeah, earlier this year, U S cellular had selected us, as you had mentioned for, for 4G LTE and 5G network, uh, technology and, uh, you know, beyond the U S we're also expanding our customer relationships We had the recent announcement with Videotron in Canada. And so, um, you know, we believe that between those, those early investments we made, um, you know, the competencies that we have on the silicone device and infrastructure layer, and then, you know, proof points, like when we stood up the, the Reliance Geo 4G Greenfield Network in India, and our ability to show scale, have um, you know convinced folks um, to, to take a look. That they, you know, when we're when we weren't necessarily an incumbent provider, and so um, it's it's been an exciting journey. And we believe that we are um, we have a, a, a unique competency as it relates to 5G in terms of our. Um, Uh, you know, our, our research and our investment early on and our understanding of the technology, um, you know, from the millimeter wave all the way down to sub six. So it's, it's been an exciting journey.
1: That millimeter wave angle, that's something you and I have discussed before, and I I wish I had it in front of me. uh, But at, at one point I had a timeline of when Samsung started working on millimeter wave and it was it was early. I'm not going to make up a number, but it was a while ago. And so I'm just kind of curious now that we see traction around millimeter wave in markets outside of the the U S uh, with auctions scheduled and, and things of that nature. Are you expecting kind of a, a pipeline to develop here?
0: Yeah, I think so. You know, the um, it's, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, this um, while, everyone remains kind of bullish, you know, on the, on, on, on 4G. Yeah. I mean, so, sorry, on just network random infrastructure and in, in, um, in general, um, you know, there was, there was a lot of doubt and uncertainty in millimeter wave in the early commercialization um, you know, discussion, the 5G. And so, uh, you know, we had, we had looked at, uh, to your point, millimeter wave about, you know, well over a decade ago. Um, and and it was under the premise that if you can, you know, the troop opportunity for 5G, just given the the scarce spectrum resources, uh, we, we believe was really in the millimeter wave because you had so much contiguous spectrum um in and the dynamics of five G required um, that kind of uh, that kind of spectrum use. And so I think uh, you know, why we continue to be bullish about millimeter wave is that there are, it just gives you unique um, capabilities to deliver some of the really interesting applications and use cases. Now, you know, ultimately there are some of those use cases that will take time and, and because of the the nature, you know, the shorter propagation characteristics, it takes uh, some time to build out those, um, those networks, right? It's, you know, smaller cells, so there's more, uh, you know, it's more dense network topology, but, uh, there are operators obviously that have led with that. And there are operators that were following with it. And we believe that the pipeline, you know, is strong that, uh, for those particularly that are, are looking at a lot of those kind of enterprise or business use cases or specific kind of hotspot, um, locations or dense areas are, um, going to, uh, to really start to turn that that turn to that technology into the to the millimeter wave um, uh, spectrum to, to unleash those applications
1: so Derek when we talk about ran the the conversation right now at least based on the subject lines in my inbox is focused on open ran uh, we had this uh, open ran policy coalition. Uh, make public its membership and its advocacy goals earlier this month. And uh, Samsung was a a founding member there. And I just kind of want to understand Samsung's specific goals as it relates to policy advocacy through this group. And then just on, on the technical side, I'm curious what, what your opinion is on the operator appetite for open RAN solutions. Is it something that's a, a near-term opportunity given how hot what Rakuten Mobile has done in Japan or does there still need to be a good deal more research development and testing before, as uh, Attorney General Barr put it, Open RAND is ready for prime time?
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I mean, I can speak to the the policy coalition piece at a a very high level. Um, We... Open RAN in general is an area that you know, Samsung's been um, committed to for some time. You know, starting with or work on the technical side, um, you know we were contributors to the XRAN forum and the front hall specification. That's now that that's kind of migrated into the O-RAN Alliance. Um, you know, subsequently, we joined uh, the uh, LFN or LFN LF networking, and we're on the board of ONAP. Uh, you know this is the proverbial <laughs> acronym soup of, of you know, telecom here, but, um, you know, the, us joining the, the Open RAN Policy Coalition um, was really about joining with our customers and industry colleagues to advance, you know, policies in support of of opening those interfaces and protocols um, between various, you know, components in the RAN. So, again, supporting our technical approaches, but we really, you know, Samsung sees the open approach as, you know, kind of sustaining and enhancing our ecosystem overall is so that we think the coalition is an important element in advancing open ran and that's not to say that but again that the um, the traditional approach is not something we also we also support that as well and so it's important to note that we um, you know we understand that there are other operators out there that don't um, that don't necessarily um, find open ran as a uh, as an option for them and so to your your I guess your second part of your question, you know about the appetite, I think it varies and it varies based on a myriad of factors, right? It's um, you know for for any of the the kind of network leadership folks, it's you know their history, their architecture choices, deployment approaches, their view of network evolution, their vendor experience, right? All of those things, I think color folks you know view of of where their their vision for their network, right? So but I think what we have observed, um, what Samsung has observed is kind of a growing appetite for Open RAN. Um, and I think, um, you know, it I kind of view it as, as um, you know, it's kind of similar to the evolution or this transition to enterprise IT network stick. And so I think that, you know, some operators see that these open interfaces, you know, kind of a pathway to more flexible and faster feature introduction. You know, ultimately, that, you know, more choice means, competition and cost efficiencies. And so, um, you know, and then others, again, believe in a single vendor model, if one throw a to choke. Um, we see both models working um, and are supporting our global customers in either approach. But, you know, overall, I think we, we see that, that uh, over-end um, gains growing particularly, you know, wh- or those gains will, will grow particularly as 5G networks advance and and operators, you know, implement things like Mac and other network approaches that are going to deliver services and applications, um, you know, in a different manner. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I said, this has been a a hot topic lately. And so we've been doing lots of, lots of interviews for our ongoing coverage of of open RAN and we keep running into the same question over and over again. If you're a, you know, quote unquote legacy infrastructure vendor, why would you throw your lot in with something that's antithetical to your business model. And I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, how is that the opposite? It's just adding a different line of business. Like you can still sell uh, an end to end fully integrated RAN solution, or you can sell part of it, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. giving your customers the, the option. It's not a exactly. choice.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you can see, you know, you're you obviously are really close to this in, in your, uh, in your domain but there's been a lot of interest in in uh Rakuten and and um, you know i think a lot of of global operators are standing up and kind of looking at at their approach you know the the whole cloud native you know architecture approach is you know it crosses kind of the gamut of a lot of of questions of open ran and you know and re ran frankly right because it really involves both both of those elements kind of coming together and so um, you know, I think like all, uh, you know, independent of the industry, all proprietary systems or incumbent, you know, statuses that, that are undergoing change. You know, it starts, there's there's always that kind of early criticism or, or fear and uncertainty or doubt, right? Yeah, just uh,
1: Open Rant is, it's as it gets more politicized, it gets more complex, but I think it's something that we're going to continue to talk about for a long time, maybe even beyond the context of 5g, but to bring us back to that particular subject at the top of the show, you said that you see world changing potential. Absolutely. With this technology. And I I just, uh, I like to ask each of our guests a variation of the same question, but when you think about what makes a thing world-changing you know what kpi do you look at when you you need to think about 5g it's you know it's not speed it's not latency but what's the thing that would help us reach a consensus opinion that yes based on this i can say 5g has changed the world
0: you know i think if we if you take the lessons learned from 4g lte you know, and its impact in the myriad of businesses and new platforms that were created, you know, from that that network technology. Yeah, I think a KPI uh that we would, you know, that we would want to measure for 5G's kind of success would be the something around the depth of new use cases, services, applications, or net new businesses that were driven from 5G, right? I think that to me was what like a when when we look back on 4G LTE technology and when it became kind of a pervasive network technology of the businesses that were stood up based on, on having that ubiquitous mobile network technology and its performance levels was was uncanny, right? I mean, between social media or ride sharing applications, I mean, all those things you can kind of point to were transformative in terms of, of you know, how people kind of live and work and, uh, and I, so I think it would be some KPI around that. Um, that would be one. Um, I think another one that would be really interesting. This is one that's kind of near and dear to, to Samsung's heart is this, this kind of promise of, you know, 5G to be kind of this connected fabric or, you know, with this kind of seat, this ability to deliver a seamless experience. And that's not a seamless experience in kind of that, you know, cheesy, like, hey, I, you know, I want to have like this incredible, you know, immersive um, experience. It's more about how do you maintain the, you know, your use case, or your application's performance level independent of the environment. So if your environment is changing, you know, or your mode in which that, that use case or application is being um, delivered on has changed, that there's a seamless transition uh yeah you know whether that's a device you know um, moving from like your autonomous vehicle if you're doing you know a video conference and then you pull into your home and you seamlessly hand off to your new holographic wearable, you know something of that sort where you have that seamless connectivity, I think would also be another kPI is how do you measure how do you measure that? Um, I think that would those would be kind of two interesting things that I think would really be impactful to say hey 5g's here
1: and it was you know kind of life-changing yeah i think you're right derek it is an abstract question but i feel like you know the work samsung's doing and doing with your partners both in the operator and the vendor community we're going to have a pretty clear answer to it sooner rather than later so i appreciate you taking your time to show you perspective and to answer that question and let me know if you want to do a series of podcasts where we review the Chronicles of Narnia because I am prepared <laughs> today. I
0: am in. I love it. It was a pleasure uh, chatting with you, Sean.
1: Will 5G change the world is an and Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. The show today was produced and edited by me, Sean Kenny. Thanks for listening.